0: Welcome to March 1st, that means spring is almost here, we're on our way to some nice weather by July probably, Uh, FaceTime uh, Pastor Dave and Steve this morning, it was good to see them, they looked tired, looked like they lost some weight, but they were excited and encouraged looked like they needed a good shower. <laughs> and, uh, but they were excited and have a lot to share with us next week. Uh, just going to give you a, a little bit of a hint. Uh, next week we're going to kind of shorten our worship and talk so because they got a lot to share. We're going to have videos and Dave wants to preach a message that's uh, on his heart. So next week's going to be dedicated to their mission trip. So make sure you come for that and spread the word. It would be exciting to be a part of that. So I asked them how we can pray. I think they leave at 3 o'clock in the morning to fly back home be here tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so they asked for safety, uh, a good ride to the airport. I think they're two, three hours away to the airport and uh, make sure they make it there safely, make it on the plane safely, and then uh, we pray there's no viruses attached to their body too. So pray for their, their wellness on that too. So uh, we are excited to have them both back and uh, excited to hear what they did. Uh, he said uh, every time they gave some money away to people in need, uh, they were blessed. Uh, said each one of the pastors that they met with hold down two full-time jobs and uh, plus pastoring a church, and so money's not very you know free there. So what they gave them uh, was a huge benefit, and so thank you congregation for being so generous for that part. Uh, they'll have a lot to share. We'll, we'll do more of that next week. So last week, uh, they gave me more time, that's good, because I I got up here last week and I just started thanking people uh, for how you blessed Christ Fellowship and uh, ended up taking half my message just thanking people, and so I came prepared not to do that today so I can get the message taken care of, Uh, but there's one particular couple I wanted to thank, uh, and that's my mom and dad. Uh, We went out for dinner the other night, Uh, actually they took us out for dinner, and uh, we were sitting there and talking about uh, the message and about Noah's life and uh, the tragedy. That happened with the Noah and the Ark, and because uh, the more you think about Noah and the Ark, you got to think of how much tragedy there was in there. And uh, and so I asked my dad uh, a couple of questions, and you know, how do you prepare? Because he's eighty some years old, and how do you prepare for the last ten years of your life? You know, and one of the things that stuck to me that he thought of, that he mentioned to me, he said, every night while he sleeps, when he wakes up, he reaches over and touches mom, just because she's still there because he loves mom that much and he knows someday one of them is going to be taken that's how short life is folks you know they've been married 65 years together and uh you know he is the noah in my family and uh the cool thing about that means i'd be on the ark okay the tragedy of that means none of my family would be other than that Think about that. All the aunts and uncles, cousins, nephews, nieces, none of them would have been on the ark if it was the Olson family. The amount of people they had to either say goodbye or not say anything to, you know, but when they got in that ark, they lost everybody they knew other than the people who were on that ark, you know. But I don't want to thank my mom and dad for being a believer for as long as they've been, most of their life, and how they've been dedicated uh, to teaching their kids and their grandkids and their great-grandkids the Word of God. And so uh, they've been a big part of our lives. There's many more that we go into, but today we're going to talk about Noah and the ark. And we're going to finish the story because it is a great storm that we're going to discuss. Last week, uh, we wrapped up, and uh, this is what I, how I wrapped it up. I said we talked about Christ Fellowship and the different families that we've been blessed with. And the conclusion that we came up with, or I came up with, is we are blessed here at Christ Fellowship with godly people. And uh, all the way through the years, uh, with young couples, young, young adults, young uh, the youth, the kids, to older adults, to our wonderful widows. And uh, But we have been blessed, and so we thank God for that. Uh, we are striving to dig deeper and grow stronger, which means that we're going to be biblical warriors. And that's something that takes time and time and time. And I, if I ask my dad, you really never get there because you keep growing. You keep growing. We found out in Genesis chapter 6, as we read verse 1 and through verse 12, that the world was wicked, so wicked down to the very intents of the heart, that God was sorry that he made mankind, and it grieved him to his heart. God decided to destroy all humanity, except Noah and his family, and the animals that were on the ark. What did we learn about God? We found out that he judges sinners, and he also rescues sinners from the judgment. So there's two kinds of people today, guys. There are those that will be judged by God, and there are those that will be rescued from the judgment of God. We find that in history of mankind, that is moving toward this final judgment that we have not seen yet. It could be today, it could be a ways off. But we need to be prepared for that final judgment, because it will come. The cool thing is, the great news is that by God's grace and purpose, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, by believing in Jesus and going to him for forgiveness of our sins and asking him to come into our hearts, we will be saved. We will be rescued if that changes our hearts. That's the great news. And that's how we ended last week's message. If you believe... If you dig deeper, you grow stronger, you have Jesus in your heart, you will be a biblical warriors, and you will, you will be saved. So today, we will see how faithful Noah was when God asked him to do something. we also see how God rescued his faithful servants from that judgment. Today's message is the building of the ark and the great worldwide storm. We're going to be reading Genesis 6. So if you want to turn your Bibles back to Genesis 6, we're going to start with verse, with verse 13, and we're going to go through two or three chapters. So get ready, and we'll talk about it fairly quickly. Genesis six thirteen through 22. Would you stand one more time with me as I read this passage? let go. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits. And its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark, and finish it to the cubic above, and set the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For behold, I will will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, in which is the breath of life under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds according to their kinds, and the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every sort shall come into you to keep them alive. Also to take with you every sort of food that is eaten, and store it up should serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word of God. We believe it to be true from the very beginning all the way to the end. And so we're going to read it today. We're going to study it today. Thank you for the life of Noah and the example he is, but most of all for your son, Jesus Christ, who saved us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We find God takes Noah into his confidence, personally telling Noah of the coming of divine judgment. He tells Noah in verse 13 about a ho- his holy outrage, essentially over man's wickedness and rebellion and violence. And he prepares Noah with that statement to understand why the judgment will come. Having heard this from God, Noah doesn't have to ask. God says, the end of all flesh has come before me because the earth is filled with violence. Because of them, it is a violent world. It's a world that God is determined to destroy. And the only response that Noah has through the whole account is to do exactly what God tells him to do. The extent of the judgment is universal. The end of all flesh has come before me. God is saying, I have fixed this purpose to execute the death penalty on the world. John Piper says, here are some facts about the ark that would save a few from the death penalty. 650 years into human history, around 6 billion people were were on the earth. People lived to be 900 plus years old. Methuselah lived 969 years the Earth was fully populated and filled with wildlife. In verse five, you have to witness a man great on the earth. Every intent or imagination, the thoughts of his heart was evil. He continues to say this: Verse 11, "The earth, corrupt in the sight of God, was filled with violence, corrupt in all flesh, corrupted the way on the earth." God said, "No more option has made. I made my mind." God knows the heart of Noah. He knows that Noah is righteous. He knows his own purpose for them. And he tells Noah to do something. Let's look at this a little more closely in verse 15. It has to be 300 cubics by 50 cubics by 30 cubics. the ark. A cubic, by the way, is about 18 inches. So this is 450 feet long. 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 40 feet high. It's a rectangle with a flat bottom, flat sides, flat ends. Not for movement, not for speed. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubic from the top and set the door of the ark in the side of it. You shall make it with a lower, second, and third decks. It was only designed to float. There were no oars, there was no sails, there was no pilot, there was no captain, there was no steering wheel, there was no rudder, and there was no, nothing to navigate. It was just a box. A perfectly designed box that would float and keep everyone safe. John Piper continues to say, and give us this comparison. He said, it has been calculated that the capacity arc is equivalent to 522 boxcars. Remember, if you're in Sumas and that train's gone by, imagine 522 boxcars going by you. Somebody figured out a long time ago, John Piper said, that you could get 240 sheep in a boxcar. So if you had 522 boxcars with 240 sheep, that's 125,000 animals. The ark was sufficiently, according to calculations, large enough to carry two of every species of air breathing animals in the world. And the rest of the space was for Noah and his family. Plus, five additional pairs of animals that we found out later will be for sacrifice. Now, keep in mind, you have to be supernatural to know all those numbers. Okay? That's just something somebody figured out. But the boat the ship, the barge, whatever you want to call it, the barn was big enough to handle everything God wanted. We don't know exactly what speed it took to build it. We don't know exactly who built it all, other than the Bible says, Noah, you are to build the ark. Noah, you are to build the ark. They could never have designed this from any experience they had, but God told Noah to build a barge, essentially a flat-bottomed barge with no rudder the Lord would be the rudder. Everybody in the family was going on a cruise. A cruise with no ports. And the cruise was going to last 371 days. Now some of you would like to go on a cruise for a year. But not in a barn. Not with all those animals. There is some relief. Okay, there's some relief. And this is good to know, by the way. Verse 16, it says, you should make a window. They're going to need it. With that many animals, they're going to need a window. And so God had a ventilation that would be critical for them, I'm sure. Noah's told that he has a responsibility to put a door in it. The middle of verse 16, set the door of the ark, just one door in the side of it. One door can easily be closed and secure. And they only needed one door. And once they shut it, they shut it because nobody was going to get off the ship. They were not going to pull into any ports They were going to be in there until God says, You're in there. Then he tells them in verse 16 to make three decks. The lower deck already there, then the second and the third decks. This provides sufficient space, sufficient compartments for all the animals. So Noah is getting this instruction about bringing. He doesn't yet know about the animals, by the way. He hasn't heard that from God yet. But we do because we read the scripture. He just was told to build a big box. The Lord tells him why. He's given him the reason for the judgment. He provides him the rescue from judgment, and now he tells him of the means of the judgment. Verse 17. Here's why. God is speaking. God is judging. This is all about God. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, in which is the breath of life from under heaven, Everything that is on earth shall perish. Everything. Like I said earlier, every one of Noah's aunts, uncles, moms, dads, whoever's alive, other than his three boys, his wife, and their mates, were killed. Can you imagine telling your sons, and they're going to tell their wives, we're going to go on this barge, and everybody in your family is going to die. The death penalty's been given. Like other stories in the Bible, There was a chance to try and save some people. There was no chance of saving anybody, by the way. The death penalty was given, and it was going to happen. Here becomes clear to Noah why he's building this monstrous rectangle in a sea-less land. Here is the introduction to the flood. Chapter 7, verse 21, And all flesh that moved on the earth perished, birds and cattle and beasts and every swarming thing that swarms upon the earth, and all mankind of all that was on the dry land, all in whose nostrils was the breath of the spirit of life, died. So this is limited to those breathing animals, all air-breathing creatures, further specified as being under heaven, under heaven excluding those that are under the water. All those that are under the heaven, above the air, and who breath the air are going to be destroyed. And he says it again in verse 17. Everything that is on earth shall perish. Now, you can read something like that and conclude that this is not going to be a local flood. I don't know how, but there's people that says this is only a small flood. It was not a worldwide event. I don't see how, because in Genesis 7, 22, it says, All that was on dry land was destroyed. All in whose nostrils was a breath of life died. Verse 23 says, Thus he blotted out every living thing that was upon the face of the land or the face of the earth, and it was worldwide. It refers to the same thing in other verses too, but verse 24 says, The water prevailed upon the earth, the death of all humanity. It was worldwide. Now, the reason we believe it's a worldwide flood is because of the depth of the flood. The flood was at least above Mount Ararat. It covered all the mountains, and Mount Ararat is 17,000 feet high. You can't have a local flood and be 17,000 feet high. The calculations are going to spread that water over the entire earth. So the flood lasted a total of 371 days. The geology of the flood, the study geology of all over the globe, and you will find evidence of this flood. It's everywhere. First Peter 3.20 says, God drowned the whole world and saved eight souls. Peter calls the earth the world that perished. Now remember, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, we read this last week, it's going to be like it was when the flood came. And Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, and I pray it 's my time i can 't wait to see him face to face. When the Son of Man comes, He will destroy the whole world of the ungodly, and that 's exactly what happened in the flood. So whether you 're looking at the death of humanity in a worldwide scale, whether you 're looking at the depth of the flood, the duration of the flood, the geology of the flood, the theology of the flood it 's a worldwide flood. And the next one's going to be the same way, just not by water. The Lord says in verse 18 to 21, I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And they have already been identified for us back in verse 10. Three sons, Shem, Ham, and Zapheth, and their wives. God says, you are going to enter the ark. Be ready. I said at the start, judgment is not indiscriminate, it is discriminating. God knows exactly who is to be judged and who is not. Noah was the only man, the only family on earth that God established his covenant with. And here's a model person who escaped judgment. What does this man look like? He was chosen by grace. Back in verse 8, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The Lord looked over the earth and determined to be gracious to Noah. Noah. He was chosen by God. He was justified because it says in verse 9, He was righteous. No man has righteousness of his own. He was granted righteousness by faith. He was sanctified. He was a man who was blameless in his time. By regeneration, he lived a blameless life, and he walked with God. You have here election. You have here justification. You have here sanctification. And you also have preservation for the future. Sort of a picture of glorification here in verse 18. When God says, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. And and while I destroy the whole world, I will give you a future. God says, I'm going to make a promise through you. We have that future. We have that future. When Jesus comes and he takes us home. We have that future in heaven. God is making promises, and here is a wonderful promise that God says, I'm going to make with Noah. That covenant is described in the ninth chapter, and we will get there. The first covenant officially given in the Bible, and it is a covenant never to destroy the world again by water. But what God is saying to him is, I'm going to give you a future, I'm going to give you a promise. And through you, that promise can be carried to generations to come. That's us, folks. To generations to come. That's us. Through you, I'm going to fulfill my original pledge, my original plan, when God blessed Adam and Eve and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and rule. I'm going to fulfill that promise to Adam through you, Noah. As we started... As we start ending in chapter 6, now we begin chapter 7. Noah does everything God commands him to do. He builds the ark according to the architect's plan. He collects all the food which is edible, a wide range of food for all the animals as well as his family. And he did everything God told him. And that is the way he continues to react. As I was reading about Noah, there's all sorts of speculations out there. Uh, some people speculate when the animals in the ark that they went into hibernation mode. But it does say here that the food is for them. You will feed them. They will eat it. So apparently they will be eating food on the ark. Can you imagine? Noah has, think about this, Noah has everything ready. The ark is sitting in his front yard, all done. Okay? He's sitting around a a, a breakfast table with his family. And uh, let's say one of his sons says, Dad, let's say Ham. Hey, Dad, has God talked to you lately? We got the ark. It's all done. It's been a while. What's going to happen now? Has God said anything? I can just imagine Noah saying, God will tell us. We're waiting for God. And then God says something. This is what God says. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me. For I will send the flood in seven days. You have seven days to get the animals on there. Seven days. I don't know about you, but that seems like an impossible task. The animals, for one thing, how are we going to get the animals here? How are we going to get them all in there? You know, how are they going to react? How's the How's the tigers not going to like the cows? I mean, just think about all that, you know. How's our cat not going to eat the rabbit? You know, or the rabbit eat the cat. However it was back in those days. It's amazing to think about all those animals going onto that that boat. But God had it under control. He said, guys, get ready. It's going to happen. He said, take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of animals that are not clean, the male and his mate. And seven pairs. By the way, you're going to see lots of numbers. This book, of uh, of the story about Noah, God gave us so many numbers that you can track everything back. It's really cool. So you're going to hear lots of numbers. And seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. He keeps reminding Noah that. And Noah did all that God commanded him to do. Noah now was 600 years old. So we jumped from the very first at 500 years now to 600 years old. So 100 years have passed by. So Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his son's wife with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of the birds, and of everything that creeps on the ground. Two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah, as God has commanded them. I can only imagine sitting at a table, finding out we got seven days. If uh, Noah was the manager, I think he was, he'd probably say, Okay, Cham, Ham, Japheth, I want one of you up on the third, third deck, I want one of you up on the second deck, I'm going to be um, by the door, and I want the, the, the third one to direct traffic, get the animals up there. And I can only imagine Noah looking at every animal. Because God sent the animals to Noah. And so you wonder what that communication was back in the day. Noah did all that God had commanded him to do. Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of the birds and everything that creeps on the ground. Two and two male and female went into the ark with Noah as God had commanded Noah. After seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. The greatest storm ever recorded. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month on the 17th day, our calendar will be February 17th, different calendar back there, but we'll go with that. On that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth. You know, we saw a little flood. It was was a big flood back up in Sumas here in Everson here about a month ago. Can you imagine this? Above Mount Ararat, the amount of pressure that water must have had. On that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were open. Rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. On that very same day, and his sons, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Zapheth, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with him, were in the ark. They and every beast according to its kind, and all the livestock according to their kinds, and every creepy thing Mom must have loved that one by the way, huh? Every creepy thing was on that on that ark. According to its kind, every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. I would have loved to be able to walk through that with all those animals in there. We'd love to see them. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, in which they were the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went in as God commanded them. God's in charge. He always has been, always will be, by the way. Even in charge of the animals. And the Lord shut the door. Noah does what God tells him to do. That's Noah's response to Everything. He does everything God tells him to do. And that, by the way, is a wonderful confirmation of a true believer. A true believer is marked by a life of obedience. Right? A life of obedience. Hebrews eleven seven 7 says about Noah, By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became an heir of the righteous, which is according to his faith. Whatever God told him to do, Noah did it. He believed in God. God spoke to Noah in this section seven times. And he always does exactly what God tells him to do. Obedience is a mark of a true man of God. And he is a great example for us. How many times has God commanded in the scripture and his people do not do what God tells us to do? Those who really belong to Him are marked out by their obedience. Not a bad time to do inventory, folks. If we continue in verse 17. The flood continued for 40 days on the earth. The waters increased. And bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. I can remember the flood here a month ago, here in Everson. I was down at our store, and I had to come pick up Thomas, which is a sack. Drove right through Main Street, no problem whatsoever. Picked up Thomas, head back, road closed. The water came up that fast. It was a matter of three or four minutes, and they had already closed it. That is nothing compared with what we see here, folks. The water rose so fast, it was so strong, it was violent. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. 15 cubits deep. Times that by 18, that's 22 and a half inches above everything. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock beasts, all swimming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind, all moms, all dads, all brothers, all sisters, all grandmas, all everybody died on the earth. Everything on the dry land and whose nostrils had the breath of life died. And the story, it mentions that all the time. He blotted out everything that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creepy things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah, was left and those who were with him in the ark, his wife, his three sons, and their wives. The waters prevailed on the earth for a hundred and fifty more days. As we read in chapter seven, God said this about Noah, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. One graced by God's favor unearned, one who believes God's word, he's regenerated as well as he is declared righteous justified, covered with righteousness, regenerated to walk with God in obedience, one who has secured a future promise and living in a present pattern of obedience. And you know it's no different for us. It is no different for us. The words that God spoke to Noah are words he speaks to us through Jesus Christ. That's the kind of person you must be in order to escape judgment you will be judged for your sins or you will escape the judgment for your sins chapter 8 the flood subsides verse 1 it says but God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark so they just went through all this time as the waters increased and increased the storm the wind the, the rain you can only imagine but God remembered Noah He made a great wind blow over the earth, and the waters started subsiding. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens were restrained, and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. Now, in the seventh month, on the 17th 17th day, which is July 17th, so we'd just gone, what, five months? The ark came to rest on Mount Ararat. Then it jumps, says the waters continued to abate until the tenth month. So now we're into October. Ten months. Ten months. In the tenth month of the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. Then it says, at the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made. Another thing, that he had made. He sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot, and she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand, and he took her and brought her back into the ark. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. God was still talking to the animals, by the way. He was still giving orders. So no one knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove. And she did not return to him anymore. In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month. Happy New Year's, folks. Happy New Year's. The waters were dried from off the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. And he could finally say, family, it's over. We're safe. Then God said to Noah, go out from the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. It's now time to celebrate. It is time to celebrate. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. You can only imagine what that must have been like. One door, one window. Open the door and God says, let the animals out. I can only imagine, you know, how Happy those animals must have been You get out of that ark for that amount of time. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his son's wife with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by families from the ark. That's interesting. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by families from the ark. One of those, hmm, huh, moments. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings to the Lord. And when the Lord smelt the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intentions of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And here we are today. Be fruitful and multiply. What event. What a storm. What a rescue from judgment. You think about it. This tragic story does come to an end with great news. The cool thing is, is we get to celebrate communion also. What a great time to celebrate communion. We've studied this message here today. Remember Christ Fellowship. We don't need to get into a box. The ark for us is whom? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our ark of safety. He is the one that rescues us. Peter writes, First Peter three about the days of Noah during the construction of the ark, and he says this: immersion into Christ saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, not water, but an appeal to God for a good conscience to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Noah got into a boat. We get into Christ. We will rise above the judgment. Jesus alone can lift his people above the waters of destruction and bring them safety to his eternal kingdom. This is a story that we should remember forever. And we, you know, we talk about this story as we are young kids all the way till we are adults. But when you hear the story of Noah, never forget that tragedy is coming again. The thing that's different about Noah's life is we still have a chance. We still have Jesus. Jesus is not done yet. We should be going to Belarus more often. We should be going down to Nooksack more often. We should love Jesus and it should shine through our lives so other people can see that we have Jesus in our hearts. Exciting times ahead of us knowing that Jesus is coming soon let pretty good. Father, we thank you again for this great passage and for all that it conveys to us of the gospel and our glorious hope. We thank you that by your grace and justification and sanctification we have become the people of promise, the people with a hope. We have a future. When the judgment is over, we will enter into the glory of a new world. Because you made a covenant with us by your grace, because you have placed us in Jesus Christ, our ark of safety. Thank you for that, Father. We bless your holy name in Jesus' name, Amen. Remember, as we do, Commander said before he left: dig deeper, grow stronger, all to glorify Christ. Go ahead, John Piper. In one of his messages on Noah's Ark had these final comments. He says this, Old Noah stroked his beard and sat among his sons like stone. What's that? they asked. They're in your lap, the bark. But Noah let the evening dark grow thick before he said a word. How can I speak what I have heard? He thought and looked at Ham and Shem and Zapheth. How he cherished them. Will they believe? or will, will they say that I am old and speak the way my father Lamech did before he died? I pray they not ignore their aged father now, for I speak words by which they live or die. Then softly in the dark, he said this, an ark, I've drawn it on the bark, 150 paces long, 50 cubits wide, built strong with gopher wood, and all over the pitch, And thirty cubics tall. He paused as tears rode down his face. It is, my sons, as I have feared. The patience of Almighty God is ended. And the awful rod will break itself in wrath across our land. Oh, my sons, the loss. The loss that comes with unbelief. Doubt not, my sons, your father's grief. Is deep as shoal for the land. And people like the ocean sand... He broke off, weeping at the thought. He did not shed his tears for naught, because where arguments may fail, to win the tears of love prevail. Shem, Ham, and Zapheth had been stirred, and all three sons believed the word. The building, then the endless rain, relentless, raging tears to drain. The eyes of heaven's just as dry, and then the smile of cloudless sky, the sudden thud of Ararat. And eight thin voices shout, What's that? A circling dove returns no more, and Noah passes through the door into a silent, lifeless world where wrath had done its work and swirl, its victims to the distant sea. Now, Father Noah, what will be? And slowly, with arthritic hands, the old man gathers stones and sands and heavy pieces face to face and tremble buildings a holy place. And offer sheep and pigeons there to worship God with fire and prayer. And he says, oh God, a fresh beginnings. Oh God, a fresh beginnings. Family, it's time now to dig deeper than we've ever dug. Grow stronger than we've ever been. For we will be judged by God or we will be rescued by God. It is a joy to stand here in front of you. Open up the word of God to know the end result is going to be glorified up in heaven with Jesus Christ. And I can't wait for that day. I appreciate each one of you here today. It's so good to have Dave back here tomorrow, by the way. I've loved I've grown to love Pastor Dave so much, and his teaching of God's Word has helped me grow stronger every day. God gives us the Bible, and He gives it for one reason, so that we can know Him better but we won't know it if we don't read it. In a day like today, when Facebook is so live and well, TV is so live and well, we spend hours and hours on it. How's your Bible reading doing? That's how you become a biblical warrior. Would you pray with me today? Father, I thank you again for the Word of God. I thank you that we can celebrate communion here today. Jesus Christ our Savior. It's all about Him. And we look forward to the day that you come and you take us home with you. The day we can get on our knees and worship you as a king you are. I look forward to that day. Thank you for my family. I love them so much. Thank you for our Christ Fellowship. I love them so much. Please give Dave and Steve a safe trip home. No complications, no problems whatsoever. We look forward to hearing all about their trip on Sunday, Father. I pray Christ's fellowship will grow and that we will be, make a difference here in our county. In Jesus' name, amen. We all have-